Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lessons from Lab and Life podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Morrison, and I hope this episode offers you some new perspective. Today, we're talking about how to look your best to a new potential employer. Job hunting can be stressful, and there's a lot of competition out there, so how are you going to stand out to PIs, to recruiters, or to any potential employer? I spoke to LinkedIn expert Melanie Dodaro about how to optimize your LinkedIn profile so that potential employers can find you. Thanks so much for being here today, Melanie. Thanks for having me, Lydia. I was hoping that you could share with us a few tips for our um, recent graduates of graduate school, recent PhDs or master's students or postdocs who are looking to move on with their career. Um, what sort of tips and tricks can you offer to help them really stand out on LinkedIn? Great question. So LinkedIn is definitely the place that they want to be if they're looking to find their you know their new opportunity. Uh, and it's really important to stand out. There's cl- well over half a billion people using LinkedIn. The good news is most of them use it really poorly. So uh, standing out isn't actually as much work as one might think. You start off with you know having a really great uh, profile picture, some nice clean you know photo just of your face, headshot essentially. So Smile. no favorite pets. No pets. No family photos. No action shots. Just a nice clean headshot. Uh, You can also take advantage of the prime real estate that's available right at the top of your profile, which is where you can add a custom cover photo. So this might be uh, sharing, you know, a little bit about yourself personally or professionally. Uh, It just visually enhances your profile. And then the next thing that people are going to see is the headline. So your headline wants to, you want to capture people's attention with that. So share a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you do, what you're looking for. Uh, It could be keyword optimized. I think if you're looking for uh, a new position, you know, a lot of times recruiters and employers are going to be looking for things based on keywords. So looking at all opportunities that you have to get found for the specific role that you're looking to find. And your headline is an important place to insert those specific keywords that you want to be found for. Absolutely. What about using humor in your headline? I strongly recommend against humor, <laughs> uh, just because it doesn't always translate well in the written word. Sure. And, you know, everybody not everybody has a sense of humor, <laughs> so we want to make sure that it's going to resonate with everybody. Absolutely. Okay, so we talked about profile photo, cover photo, and headline. What's next? Next is the summary section. So once somebody's in your profile and really wanting to learn more about you, they're going to click that uh, summary section. So the first three lines are going to be visible, and then they're going to click Show More. So it's really important that you capture attention in the first three lines. But essentially, the summary section allows you to share a story. Why did you follow the path that you followed? Mm. You know, was this something that was always, uh, you know, that, that you were interested in, or did something happen to, you know, shift that desire? And you know, really highlight accomplishments in that section. Uh, you know, any kind of volunteer experience, any kind of experience that you have at all, and uh, really showcase it. Also showcase what it is you're looking to do. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, for each person it might be different. You're looking to obviously land a job, sure. but for what reason? Is there something bigger than that? You know, what's the purpose behind it? Is there a mission? Is there something driving you uh, to really make a difference? And, uh, and really kind of outline what that specific job looks like for you, so that ideal job and what you're, what you're looking to achieve and accomplish. Also remember that this is a great section to include those keywords mm. that you want to be found for. Mm-hmm. So 
wouldn't it be nice if, you know, your ideal employers were able to just easily find you on LinkedIn when they were looking for a position that you would fit? And that's what you want to take advantage of. Now, having said that, you can't just sit around and wait. But sometimes that might happen. A Mm -hmm. lot of times it might happen. So take advantage of that. uh, And then, of course, be proactive uh, once you've got a really great profile to start to connect with people that could essentially help you in your career development and your, your career pursuits. So if you are sort of feeling like you're starting to sit around and wait, are there some proactive things that you could do? Should you be doing your own research on LinkedIn, thinking about labs that you might want to join or maybe making connections with people who you know are members of those labs? You should absolutely be doing that. So I think that uh, one of the best ways to do that is come up with a wish list of employers. So you know, you write down maybe it's the top 10 employers and then look at who works at those companies. And it doesn't you don't necessarily need to go right to – the hiring decision maker. You'd actually start in some other areas and start to get to know people a little bit, maybe have some conversations with them, watch what they're sharing on LinkedIn, uh, spark up conversations, and just kind of get your your foot in the door with some of the people within an organization that could then also potentially put in a good word for you, even if it's maybe a week or a month down the line. Uh, So connect with several people within an organization that you're you're interested in uh, to look at, you know, like I said, create that, that wish list, that top 10 or top 20, or top 50. It depends on, you know, where you are and what you're looking for. And what sort of details do people want to make sure they include in their educational section? Well, the education section is important, especially with this, you know, specific role that you're looking for. Uh, So highlight everything that you possibly can in terms of education, including the accomplishments within the education themselves, Um, certifications and so forth. And then there's another section that you want to add, which is the accomplishment section. And within the accomplishments section, there's subsections. So there's publications, certifications, awards and accolades, and a number of different other uh, sections. So incorporate as much as you can and really have a complete, robust profile highlighting every single you know, achievement that you've, you've done. And if you've done presentations, for example, you can include those. You can also include multimedia in your profile, so mm. rich media. So within your summary section, within your experience section, Uh, You can have those. You can share videos. So if you've done a presentation, you've got some clips of that. You can put Mm -hmm. that in there. You've got some posters. You can add those. Perfect. Um, Yeah, so like a PDF of your poster would be easy to add um, sort of some additional um, meat to your educational section and give some really specific examples of the kind of work that you've done. Absolutely. And one of the things that you could do is if you've done a lot of talks or you've got a lot of uh, posters from different events and so forth, you can actually assemble them in a PD, uh, in, sorry, you can assemble them in a uh, PowerPoint oh. and make it a SlideShare presentation mm-hmm. and then upload that. That would be really neat. So that would sort of allow someone to really a more multimedia um communication than just looking at your CV. Right. It's more and, like a portfolio. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for being here today. There are certainly some um, tips that you shared that I will be going back and implementing in my own profile. So now you know how to make your LinkedIn profile look professional and reflect your experience. And by doing those things, you'll also be maximizing the probability that employers or recruiters will find you when they're looking for the perfect candidate to fill a position. Now let's move on and talk about how to make your application stand out. I also spoke to Gina Nabashek, a member of the NEB Human Resources team, about what our HR team looks for in applicants. Hi, Gina. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Lydia. I'm excited to be here. 
Um, so I was wondering if you have any tips that you could share with our listeners about how best to put their resume together or how they can really make uh, their applications stand out to HR and to the hiring manager. Great question. The idea of updating a resume or potentially starting from scratch can be an intimidating and daunting process for most candidates. Um, The biggest tip that I can recommend to someone looking for a change in their careers or perhaps to start a new one is to think of your resume as a storytelling document. Your resume should clearly and concisely tell the story of you. This will help hiring managers understand why you're the right person for the job. Think about what makes you stand out. It's extremely important to be yourself during the application process. So don't hesitate to show who you are, your likes and interests, what makes you unique. While this requires some professional discretion, um, (laughs) it could ultimately be the thing that sets you apart from other candidates. So to pull that all together, I would recommend that candidates think about the specific job that they're applying for and really tailor each resume to that role. It's not uncommon to meet a candidate and find out that they have more relevant experience that they just forgot to list on their resume. So this is really your opportunity to tell the hiring manager why you are the best candidate and fit for their role. Uh, Do you have any sort of quick tips that you could offer our listeners about how to set up their resume? Sure. So there's really some nuts and bolts that go into a resume, um, and that would be keeping it to one page. I know that doesn't always apply, so specifically scientific resumes, they include various publications and they often exceed one page. Um, Also, try to avoid spelling and grammar errors. I cannot encourage enough that proofreading, have a friend read that before you submit it in. Watch your tense and avoid first-person pronouns. From a formatting standpoint, it's really important to stay consistent, keep it organized and visually appealing. There should be a logical structure to your resume, and you should keep, co- keep context where you can regarding your experience. When sending your resume in uh, to an employer, you should probably save it as a PDF. Make sure you clearly label the document. This saves time for the recruiter as well as the hiring manager when they're forwarding, forwarding along your resume. Plus, it um, maintains the format of your resume. So if they're opening, uh, say, your Word document in another program or something like that, things can shift. But saving it as a PDF will really save the look and the formatting that you worked so hard on. That's correct. So let's talk now about the cover letter. Uh, Are cover letters still important? Are people still providing cover letters with their applications? You know, there are so many differing opinions on cover letters, and I suppose that in some instances, cover letters may not be expected or needed, but I wouldn't say that's necessarily the case here at New England Biolabs, uh, or from my personal experience or opinion. While cover letters include some extra work from an application standpoint, this is really a candidate's opportunity to stand out to the hiring manager. It's your opportunity to formally introduce yourself to the hiring manager, to highlight your relevant skills and experiences. And it's really that opportunity to, in narrative form, tell the hiring manager why you, instead of numerous other candidates, are a good decision for that role. Cover letters also provide the candidate an opportunity to explain away any possible concerns seen on a resume, such as gaps in employment or the need to relocate. I would say that not including a cover letter would be a missed opportunity for a candidate. So what career websites would you recommend that scientists look at when they're seeking a new position? So more often, we're seeing candidates apply for our roles through sites such as Indeed and LinkedIn. We often post roles to MassBio, Genome Web, Science, as well as other niche sites, depending on the role. I would encourage applicants to look for the companies they are most interested in working for and go straight to their sites. You'll find a lot of information about the company and their benefits in addition to seeing current open roles. So if someone's looking for a job at New England Biolabs, where should they look? 
You should go to the career section of our website at neb.com to locate our current opportunities with full job descriptions. You can apply directly online to any of our open positions, and I would encourage potential candidates to take a look and apply. Thanks so much for being here today, Gina. Thanks, Lydia. I really appreciate it. So now you know how to make your application be the type that gets called in for an interview. Now you have another opportunity to impress your potential employer with your knowledge and skills firsthand. So how are you going to do that? I talked to my colleague Fiona Stewart, who has been part of a team interviewing potential hires here at NEB for over a decade. Hi Fiona, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi Lydia, my pleasure. So I was hoping that you could share with our listeners um, what it is that you're looking for when you're interviewing someone. So it's a mix of uh, having the technical, the experiential requirements uh, that we need for the particular role, and also having the right personality uh, to be able to uh, perform the job well and to, especially in customer-facing roles, to be a good representative uh, for the company and to be somebody that our customers would be happy to interact with uh, on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And uh, what sort of questions do you ask when someone's interviewing with you? So in addition to questions that will probe about uh, background, technical experience, uh, scientific experience, marketing experience, I'll also ask um, a fundamental question about why did you apply for this role? What mm. about this job interested you? I find the answers to that question generally quite enlightening. There's often a broad spectrum of responses to that question, uh, but what I'm looking for is somebody who really knows why they're there, why they're in this interview, what led them to apply for the job, and um, why they think they'd be well suited to it, but also why it's a good fit for them at this point in their career, whether that's earlier in their career or whether they're later in their career. I think that's really important, thinking about whether you'd be a good fit for the company and whether the company would be a good fit for you. So I know when I've previously interviewed, um, I like to think of, of interviews as also an opportunity for me to interview a potential employer. Um, so is it important that someone has sort of done background research about the company um, and knows some things that has some questions prepared to ask? Absolutely. I certainly wouldn't expect a candidate to know every single thing about the company and every single thing about every product in the product line uh, that might be related to uh, the role that they're interviewing for, but I do expect some reasonable level of knowledge about both. Um, what makes somebody stand out um, in an interview? Is there, are there particular things that they can do during the interview that make them more memorable? So again, I would say having a very clear idea about why they're there, about why they think the role is a good fit for them, about why they're interested in uh, the company, as well as why they think that they would be uh, good for the company, an asset to the company. But especially in customer-facing roles, I'm looking for somebody who I think our customers, our collaborators would enjoy interacting with. And so for me, that means I want to be essentially enjoying the interview situation. It's certainly not a kind of normal situation. It's a somewhat artificial situation. Mm -hmm. But um, I want to be uh, enjoying uh, the interaction to some extent. 
That makes sense. I can remember interviewing someone um, and asking asking him the question, you know, what what would you do if you felt overwhelmed in the position? And his response was, well, I'm not really looking to be overwhelmed, um, which is not the right answer to that question. There is a right answer to that question. Can you uh, tell our listeners what the right answer to that question is? Well, I like to think that on the spur of the moment, I'd be able to say that uh, being good at prioritization is the key there, uh, and also having a good manager to be able to uh, help you with that prioritization. I think that makes a lot of sense. Have you ever been in any scenarios where there's more than one interviewer, someone joining you to interview an applicant? Yes, and I actually find that quite helpful. Um, It can be very informative to see how the candidate interacts with more than one interviewer. Mm. It can highlight any um, biases that the candidate might have. Interesting. Um, That doesn't happen too often, but uh, it has happened occasionally. So uh, it's also helpful in terms of keeping the interview flowing uh, when you've got two interviewers who can, you know, fill any gaps or ask follow-up questions, uh, bring in their different strengths and backgrounds to the, the questions that they're asking the candidate. So I actually find that extremely useful. So uh, an interview candidate should be cognizant sort of to make sure that they're equally addressing questions from both of the interview parties. Absolutely. Um, and then my next question is, do you ever sort of ask someone to just walk you through their resume and cover their accomplishments and experience that way? I do. I find that very useful also. Even though it's, you know, it's all written down in the resume, hearing a candidate speak themselves about uh, their career to date, their different uh, jobs, their career path to date, uh, is really helpful. They will highlight what's been most important to them, what's been most helpful to them in career development, and again, thinking of, especially of customer-facing roles, how somebody describes an experience with a former employer that maybe wasn't 100% positive Mm -hmm. can be really uh, useful to hear Again, there can be a range in how people will address a situation that was maybe perhaps difficult or didn't end as well as anybody uh, might have hoped. So uh, I do find it very useful to have candidates walk walk me through their, their, essentially through their resume, but you can also think of it as walking me through their career to date. I believe those are called learning experiences. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm sorry to have flipped the interview (laughs) questions on you for a little bit, um, but I really appreciate your insights. Thank you. Well, now you know how to stand out online, in print, and in person. I wish you every success if you're currently job seeking. You never know. The next great opportunity could be just around the corner. I hope you'll join us for the next episode when we'll be talking to the founder of Reforest the Tropics, a nonprofit organization providing carbon offset through the replanting of tropical forests in Costa Rica.